0: Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations on the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Welcome in to Sports Tonight. I'm joined by my BSL Terps analyst colleague, Chris Naki, and of course you know him more as a Terps radio analyst. We'll get to Chris in one second. Excited to talk to him, but first a word from our sponsor. Mercer Floor and Home Carpet One, their third generation family business established in 1959, located on Main Street in beautiful, historic downtown Westminster they're the oldest floor covering store in Carroll County and one of Maryland's longest running flooring businesses. For all your flooring needs, think Mercer Floor and Home Carpet One. Chris, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it.
0: Always great talking to you. Uh, as we were just saying off air, and I was just... uh. Really cutting you off, but wanted to get into uh, talk about the experience of, you know, calling the games this year. Obviously, it's been different. You know, what's that experience been like for you uh, personally in this
1: environment? That's a little surreal. You know, I mean, um, it's antiseptic. One of the cool the cool things about college basketball, obviously, are the crowds and the energy and the vibe and all those things that go along with it. And yet uh, that's in short supply. And, and you can see it kind of manifest itself in the fact that road teams are winning at an unprecedented rate. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, it's, these are unique circumstances. You move on. I, I can never escape the fact, I feel like I'm just anybody else. I'm, I'm an old guy yelling at the TV, you know, watching the game on a feed and just yelling at the TV. I just, I don't have alcohol in front of me, but, uh, but I hope to rectify that by the end of the season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the least they could do is uh, help you and Johnny and, uh, and the Wizard out there with a few drinks. But yeah, exactly. uh, uh, you've, made, uh, uh, you've made the last few months uh, enjoyable to listen to, at least. So, uh, despite being just three and six in league play, the Turps have uh, each of the three wins are quality W's on the road, the latest being Saturday at Minnesota. If the Terps are going to make an NCAA tournament run over their last 10 regular season games, what do you think the primary keys are?
1: Well, I have to be more consistent, that's for sure. You know, the three wins, as you said, Chris, are phenomenal wins. Uh, And I know I recognize that road wins this year aren't quite what they've been in years past, but uh, it doesn't minimize the importance to the psyche of the team. So those are big. Um, yet, you know, and in those games, they, they brought it, they played so well defensively. They also rebounded the ball well in those games. Um, and yet we've seen in some of the six losses where, you know, the, the reverse is true where they just haven't defended like they they're capable of. And so the consistency is an issue. They're always going to be a team. You know there are a lot of warts in college basketball. Everybody's got them. Um, Terps struggle to score in stretches, um, but they have the wherewithal and they have the uh, the ability to defend any night. Um, and they also I, I don't I don't want to minimize one thing they do have too, Chris they they have guys who have uh, who have won at a high level. You know, and they have they, they have had some success in the Big Ten. I know people like to kind of, you know, minimize the fact that they were tri-champions last year or whatever that, you know, they were one of three teams. You know, all I can tell you is that there were 11 other teams that wish they were there where Maryland was. So um, it's easy to minimize. It's easy to kind of naysay all that. But they, they're these guys are used to winning at a high level. So, you know, you have a certain level of pride and uh, perspective, I think, that's really, really important for a team to have. So, as expected, Maryland has
0: struggled with uh, imposing bigs this year. But that said, to their credit, uh, credit to Turgeon, credit to the Maryland players. The last two games against uh, Michigan's Hunter Dickinson and, and Minnesota's Liam Robinson, they, uh, uh, they had strong efforts against both. What, what were the keys there?
1: Well, you know, I thought it was interesting what the Terps did out of the gate. And, and I tell you what, the, the difference in those games is simply the start. Uh, and I and sometimes it's not more much more complicated than that. In the in the Minnesota game, they started their best five players. That's simply put, that's what they did. They started the best five players, Maryland did. And on top of that, you add to that the fact that they get out on a 17-3 start. So as a result of that, they're able to dictate matchups most of the rest of the game because Minnesota's playing catch-up. Uh, you look at the Michigan game prior to that. Okay. Remember what happened. Michigan goes out 17 to three, exact same score. Bad guys trailing in the Michigan game or the bad guys are winning in the Michigan game. So, so, so what happens is from that point, you're playing catch up against a really good team that has throttled most of the teams they've played this year. So, 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 I think the, what they, you know, I think there's a consistency issue. I like the fact that they've sort of settled. I think small ball is the way to go. I think that there's always a, something healthy about being different than anybody else. And right now, as you mentioned, Chris, you just, I, it, there's a big guy at every turn in the Big Ten. So if that's the case, yeah. maybe you want to change directions and employ a little different strategy.
0: Yeah, I think small ball is the the right way. You're, you're utilizing the strength of the roster, and you're, you're, you know, it just makes sense. Uh, so the rotation has tightened up: by Ella, Wiggins, Morsell, Scott, and then Smith, Hamilton, and Hart. Obviously, there's uh, a new addition, Graham, as he's trying to work in in the middle of the middle of this year, and then uh, Marielle, Smart, Dockery, and Ravaz. With those last five, can any of those – kind of play themselves back into the rota- more of the rotation and is it really smart with his athleticism that's probably the most likely candidate there I
1: would I would say that's probably the case you know I, I have to caveat anything I say about this um, with sort of a I got to go back to your first question about kind of what the what's the experience like one of the frustrating things about this experience from a broadcasting perspective is that we have precious little access to practice. Um, to conversations with the coaches. And so anything that I say is based on nothing other than just my my own view from 30,000 feet at this point in time. And so, um, you know, I was a little uh, – let's sort of tick them off one by one. I was a little surprised James Graham hasn't gotten a little bit more time. But, um, you know, I think that there's a lot of the season left to – left a bite off here. And I, 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 I would never write off anybody. I think that, you know, Scholl's one of those guys that maybe in the right situation. Uh, you know, he could give you a few minutes. He's done that in a couple of games. It's just so inconsistent and he gets moved off the block all the time, uh, on both both sides of the floor, which has got to be frustrating. And so, um, you know, there's a problem there. You know, Quan Smart is one of those guys that can spell Ayala. I- you probably heard after the game, Chris, I, I, one of the things I asked Eric Ayala after his performance, it was so solid uh, at Minnesota. I asked him how he was feeling because he really he's just off the IR basically. You know, he's off the injured reserve list. And, and he his comment to me was he said, I'm stunned that I played 39 minutes in this game. Uh, I would never have thought I was capable of doing that at this point in time because he's again he's fresh off being injured but um, you know I think that I think turge is you know probably settled on a core eight you know seven and a half eight and then if he can kind of steal some minutes for Shoal in there uh, maybe get a couple of minutes for Graham he'll try and do that but uh, they were so good defensively as a unit that 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 core group. Against uh, Minnesota, that I think he's thinking this is my, these are my guys. Uh, and so now, what happens is you get to February, and because of the way the schedule breaks, you're going to be playing a lot of games in a short period of day, short number of days. Those guys are going to play; they're going to have an opportunity to play, and even if it's just to steal some minutes, um, two, three minutes here and there. They're going to get an opportunity. So it's incumbent upon them to get the job done, you know, and to be ready to go when when their numbers call. So as you mentioned, Ayala had a great
0: game against uh, Minnesota, and he continues to lead Maryland in scoring at 14.4 points per game. Uh, His shooting percentage has increased this year to 48% after making about 36% of his shots last year. Uh, That's with his field goal temps up. His minutes per game, as you you know, alluded to, not just last game, but for the season, are up. Obviously, twenty eight to thirty two. Uh, three point shooting has also gone back up after the drop uh, in the sophomore year. So, he's done a lot of things uh, well this year. You know, what are your overall thoughts on his play?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Um, he he gets to the rim. Far more easily than you would think, a guy with his quickness, and and maybe he's one of those guys that just doesn't appear to be particularly quick. But when you're actually out there checking him, maybe you know he's much quicker than he appears. He's got the big body. Um, it's always he's always reminded
0: me of the uh, the
1: old guy at the YMCA, the old guy at the Y. Yeah, and he's just he's playing the game, and he gets to the rim uh, regularly. When he penetrates, really good things happen. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I think he's shooting 48%. He's getting to the rim more than he did last year. Of course, last year there was Anthony Cowan in the rotation. So um, he's had a good year. I mean, he needs to keep it up. And the better he plays, I think the, the better the guys around him will play. I think he's a great leader. Um, I, I'm not, I think one of the things that's changed since he got hurt, or excuse me, since he's come back, I thought before he got hurt, he was struggling to stay in front of guys defensively. And um, against, uh, you know, he wasn't tasked with covering Marcus Carr for uh, Minnesota. That largely fell to Morsell. But I thought Eric did a really good job staying in front of guys defensively. That's sort of the challenge for him all the time. The better he plays defensively, um, you know, you're going to see less and less time for him on the bench if he's doing the job on D.
0: It's been an impressive year for Scott. You talked about if the Maryland was going to make a run down the stretch of the remaining 10 games, it was going to be about consistency. And Scott's really been the consistent guy that's showing up pretty much night after night. Uh, Had 11 boards versus Golden Gophers. Scored in double figures in all but three of Maryland's games. Had nine games with at least seven boards. uh, Shooting 49% from three. Only area where we see him. Maybe a uh, fall off a little bit is at the line. We can uh, made 85% of the charity stripe last year, down to 69% this year. Of course, more attempts and also a lot more minutes uh, played. But, you know, just positives across the board with, with Scott and really a lot to like in his growth as a, as a sophomore, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, and such a warrior. I mean, such a hard-nosed uh, – he would be one of those guys, I mean – a thousand years ago, I used to play and, and he's like one of those, he's the prototype of the guy you hate to play against, never stops moving, never stops working, never stops boarding. Um, and just, a you know, stud around the basket. I plays far bigger than his listed height of six, seven or six, eight, uh, strong as could be, he's fearless. Um, there's so much to like about his game. And I think that, you know, he's taken to, to another level offensively early in the season. You know, he, I think in the first game, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Chris, I think Jarius Hamilton got the start in the first game. And those guys have been battling each other during the course of the preseason. And I think there was a little bit of a perception that Dante looked like maybe he was a little out of shape and, you know, had come in uh, sporting a couple extra pounds. But um, he's just a gamer, man. He just – he lines up. He – He'll smack you across the jaw. You know, he's just—I love the way he plays, and I can't imagine where this group would be without him. Especially when you consider the guys like uh, Marcel and Wiggins, who have—you know—who've had their their moments. Uh, you know, they've been they've been somewhat Im- inconsistent. So Dante's emergence, his uh, emergence is critical.
0: Yeah, you know, like I said, the, kind of the warrior mentality. I like when he's uh, really going after the glass. Yeah. And I think that just makes all the difference for this team. Um, Wiggins, uh, 10 boards against Minnesota, second conference game for as many. Uh, I've really liked him at the top of the press and playing the passing lanes sometimes. Uh, But offensively, it certainly gets a lot of attention. And it's a guy that made 41% of his attempts from three as a freshman, uh, dropped to 32% last year, and it's, 30% Thirty uh, percent this year. I mean, to me, if Maryland's going to make make that type of run, it's it's hard for me to imagine that happening without Wiggins really kind of leading the way offensively. I just I see you know once or twice a game where he just really flashes the ability, and I keep waiting for the complete light bulb to go on. Do, do you feel feel like it's mainly a confidence issue with him? What what's what's your take with Wiggins? I have
1: no idea, but I will tell you, uh, you know. I would never have thought that they could win at Minnesota with Minnesota playing the way they had at home uh, with such a pedestrian game from uh, Aaron Wiggins uh, and I don't know what the issue is I, you know I mean he's so talented I one of the things I, I will say you gotta you got to point this out I mean you mentioned the 10 boards. I think one of the things he's done a really good job of this year is when he's not scoring, he doesn't affect the lack of scoring to impact his defense or his rebounding. He's been a really dependable rebounder game in game out. Uh, His length is a problem for other teams on defense. Uh, So he's, you know, uh, he hasn't fallen into the trap that a lot of really good offensive players do where, you know, they stop hitting shots and all of a sudden the sky is falling and they won't, they they can't get anything done in, in any other aspect. So, I got to give him a lot of credit for that. I, I you know, I think. Yeah, I, love,
0: I love that point, Chris. I mean, I, that, that's a great, it's a, it's a fact. Uh, it's not eliminating the rest of your play. and you're... Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, but I get your point. I mean, he's got such a skill set. You think, you know, the, the world is his oyster. But, um, you know, he's also, this is the first year, really the first year, where he has been the absolute focal point of everybody's scouting report he's had the luxury of having Anthony Cowan sticks around, you know, and so, um, you know, it's, it's a lot easier being the, uh, um, you know, being the third actor in than it is being, being the supporting actor sometimes is a good role to play. That's yeah, another great, great point there. I, I,
0: I guess if there's frustration, it's, it's that I, I look at him and just see, uh, I don't think it's a talent question and, and you know. I, I think he has the ability to be uh... – no, you didn't know out, Merrill.
1: I'm going to suggest to you that Aaron knows that. I think he understands definitely. it. I think he's, he's probably as frustrated by it as anything. But, again, you know, he continues to work at it. He, he plays hard all the time. Um, they're a better team when he's on the floor. Even when he's not scoring, um, you know, he's, he's a pretty selfless player with that question.
0: We'll see, we'll see
1: how he can finish
0: the year. But maybe it's uh, just uh, – maybe he's feeling a little bit too much pressure and just let the game come to him a little bit. Uh, but one of the other things I have liked uh, that he's
1: done this year, I feel like he's gone to the rim a little bit more uh,
0: yeah. uh, consistently. And,
1: I just um, wish he'd be rewarded for it. You know, I, I, I always think that when a guy's struggling um, who's a gifted offensive player, I always think that, like, if he could get himself seven or eight free throws a game – Those are free points that sort of, you know, they get you going a little bit. And uh, yet, even though he's going to the rim more, he's really not getting fouled, which is frustrating, I think, for me. But um, again, he's got such a versatile offensive game. I I think the best is yet to come. I I think he's uh, maybe down the stretch of this. Maybe he'll really get it going
0: uh talking about going to the line Baltimore's Daryl morsel continues to be the intensity from maryland uh teammates seem to feed off the passion. Last year he got to the line a little bit more often, converted at a higher percentage uh 76% last year, dropped 50% this year. Uh 33% from 3 last year, 27% this year, but he's tasked with doing a lot of different things, particularly defensively for the Terps uh for me, I think he's going to need to score a little bit more regularity down the stretch. You know, of course, uh, uh, nobody. You know, we talked about Ayala attacking the basket. Wayne's doing more. and More cell probably does the most on the team,
1: <laughs> uh, and particularly when when they can get out a little bit. And that's uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I I think one of the one of the interesting parts about the way the season has gone, Chris, is, is that really nobody's really addressing is that. Um, the impact that COVID has had on officiating. And the reason I say that is because, you know, when you go into an opposing building, for instance, Minnesota or Wisconsin, which is traditionally a really tough place to play, right? I mean, they have a they're great home record. Um, you And officials are human, you know. And so one of the things you see in a lot of buildings with crowds there. Is you get officials who will play to the crowd a little bit and make the hero call here and that you know here and there. And this year, I, I can't tell you how many games we've gone through, and I'm thinking that was a pretty well officiated game, you know, even handed. And it's because it's such an antiseptic environment. And uh, and as a result, I, I don't know if it's true. Across the board, it feels like it is. I just feel like there are less free throws being shot, period, in college basketball. And I'm going to have to do a little research on that. But um, for the Terps, I always feel like I wish they could get to the line more. I I really think that they're better than the 60-some-odd percent they're shooting right now, including Daryl. But Daryl's the heart and soul of this group. You know, as, as he goes defensively, they feed off of him. He did a really great job, with the exception of a couple of possessions on Marcus Carr this past game, and um, yeah, he's a critical, critical. He's kind player. of the barometer for Maryland overall. Yeah. He's plus he's a great guy. I mean, he's a guy. He's got his degree. Probably be back with him next year. Yeah, uh, he's the heart and soul. of I was going to ask you, Chris, if you thought he was going to uh, return for yeah you know, an additional year. Yeah. I do. I, I I think that the upside for him, you know, he's working towards a master's. Why wouldn't you stay and get? You know, a graduate degree paid for. Yeah, He's got two fabulous parents. Uh, I'm sure that's part of their input would be like, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer. It's not like somebody's offering uh, him $2 million to play in Greece. Uh, I hope one day he's able to make some money playing the game. But um, why not take advantage of the opportunities in front of you and hopefully he does that.
0: Go for a couple more guys on the rotation here. Uh, Jarius Hamilton, the Boston College transfer, knocking down 41% of his three point attempts. Uh, to me, I, I think Maryland's better with him on the floor. I mean, I, at least offensively, uh, 25 minutes per game, uh, last year with Boston College, or actually nearly 26, 20 of the Terps' uh, average. 8.4 field goal attempts per game last year. 5.5 from Maryland. Obviously, some of the uh, there's a redundancy kind of uh, with some of the Maryland players. But on a team that has a penchant for going cold for stretches, I think Hamilton's one of the, the better offensive weapons and I'd like to see him get a few more uh, touches per.
1: Yeah, and I think that you're uh, the issue. There is you're right. The redundancy is one. The other thing is is that if you're playing him and you're not taking Dante off the court one of those guys is matching up with Luca Garza or Liam Robbins or whomever, you know? So, um, you know, you've got to deal with that whole matchup issue. So I like his game. I do think that the versatility, the flexibility is one of those things. That's a real bonus for him. It feels like it's funny. You said he shoots 41% from three. feels like to me, he's hit some big shots this year. And he had a big three the other day against Minnesota. Um, I, I like him, you know, he's uh he's a little bit more of a finesse player than I thought he was coming in, but there's a lot to like about his game. Um, he seems like a great teammate as well. Uh, you know, again, there's a lot of the season left to uh, bite off here. We'll see where that goes for, uh,
0: for him. And maybe the, the biggest surprise on the roster, at least for me, but I, you know, I think maybe for you as well is Hakeem Hart, uh, Came into the year really a complete question mark after limited time as a freshman. Certainly opened the eyes after dropping that 32 on St. Peter's. Uh, what I like since then, he's had seven more games of at least eight points. He's given some consistent additional scoring, and uh, you know in recent games he's uh, even had time at the one, using that height as an advantage to distribute the ball. So, what are your thoughts on his uh, his progression? Yeah,
1: I, I I will admit to being. Dead wrong on Hakeem Hart. Uh, and I I even thought, even into uh, December, I thought when James Graham announced that he was coming in, I thought that was bad news for Hakeem. Um, but his versatility has really served him well. I think he's done a more than serviceable job as a point guard. His length has been a problem defensively. I think that he um, – You know, he's gotten into issues, gotten into problems sometimes when he's not a little bit more hard-nosed than he needs to be. I mean, this is a tough – at this level, it's a tough game, and you can never take a play off. Um, I think he's been better – much like Dante, he's been far better than I would have hoped or expected, uh, although even more so than Dante. I knew Dante was a ball player, but – yeah, you know, the versatility, he's hit some big shots. He hit the huge three at Illinois uh, on the kickout, pass from Marcel. and um, he seems to be a, 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 a great teammate. I, you know, he seems to me, Chris, like he's maybe two inches taller than he was last year, and I know guys grow at obviously different rates, but he, the, the length that he has is something we didn't see last year, and I, last year I kept wondering how is he getting all these minutes and you know in in college hoops you have to bet on the come you know you have to bet on the fact that these guys are going to be better and why you play guys at an early age is that they're going to they're going to be contributors you know this year next year or the following year and so you can't just sit guys on the bench and expect they're going to get better
0: so i'll tap into your uh Previous coaching uh, with heart, not the prettiest shot, but it is effective. Uh, do, do you work to change the shot at all, or do you just go with the do you go with the effectiveness and, and what's working for you?
1: Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a fan of first of all, I, I don't mess with anything that's actually working. But the other thing is, is that while I, I haven't worked with Hakeem at all, is that um, I really, as far as the shot goes. I'm far more concerned about the release than the structure and the preparation. So I'm taking video and I'm looking at stills of what it looks like as it's leaving his hands. And I know Matt Brady is a not just a Philly guy, so he's got a vested interest in Hakeem, but he's also a really good offensive coach. My guess is he's probably looked at reams of tape on the release and how that goes and so you, you you tweak that a little bit. You hope that he gets a little higher release point, but um, I think for the most part it's going in. He's got he's got the rotation. So uh, we'll see where it goes from here. It's been fun watching
0: uh, James Graham get those first few minutes. Uh, the performance against Wingate was a kind of a glimpse of what's to come. Um, you think he can carve out some type of rotation in this last ten, or do you feel like coming in in the middle of the year it just? Too much to ask. It, yeah it,
1: It's hard, uh, but I will tell you tell you this. I give him major credit for honesty. He um, he has admitted uh, he admitted uh, Johnny had him on the pregame show uh, prior to Minnesota, and he said his head was absolutely spinning coming in here. Uh, not just you think about all the variables, Chris. It's not you're not just joining a team in December. Okay, you come in here. As a 17-year-old, 17, 18-year-old, you've got COVID issues, so you've got to be quarantined when you get here. Joining a group of guys, really you met them on a recruiting weekend, which is a party. I'm not even going to go down that road. but So, so you're, you're joining a team that's really kind of sequestered on campus, a team that's already won some games and has roles established. Then you're being asked to learn an entirely new system, Offensively and defensively than you've ever had to learn before. It's far Plus more intense. Like Seventeen-year-old that you mentioned moving across the country. Uh, yeah, I mean, throw you- all those variables in there, and the the level of intensity between uh, a public high school senior and a you know Power Five conference team is it's it's another world. So all those things, and he admitted. That when he's taken the floor before his, his head's been spinning. So uh, credit to him. He looks like a player. I see him. He's one of those guys that hangs around after home games and he'll shoot around in the gym. I love his footwork. Love his stroke. Uh, love his size, too. So uh, there's a lot to like there. And because of the new NCAA rules about eligibility for next year, this became a no-brainer with, for him You know to come here and and get the year under his belt, or half year under his belt.
0: Yeah, he'll be that much further ahead. He'll have a, a time in the system, he'll, you know, familiar. <laughs> he'll be yep. – uh, progression next year should be nice. But uh, uh, I should mention, just as we're rounding out the rotation, I should mention uh, Galen Smith. I mean, I, I think he's really battled all year, uh, obviously comparatively undersized against the, many of the Big Ten bigs. But hustles and scraps, I guess, I guess the only thing I'd say is the last two games – Thirty-three minutes combined, just one rebound. Need
1: him to work the glass, really and really. Uh, yeah, but I think that one of his jobs too is you're if you're the five on this team, is you just you know it's not so much that you're grabbing rebounds. Obviously, that's a great thing, but you got to keep your guys away from your your the guy you're covering away from grabbing them as well. So I think they've done a good job when they run the offense through Galen and they use him as a high post. He's been pretty effective and. I don't think he has embarrassed himself at all. I think that he's been kind of what we thought. You know, he's a guy who didn't play. I mean, he played a, a modest number of minutes at Alabama. He's okay. He's, he's serviceable. But, you know, in a perfect world, he's probably a seventh man, much more than he is a starting five. Uh, that's just the reality of the situation. So we've uh, said it several times, 10 games left in this
0: regular season. Uh, if Maryland's going to make a run, huge week this week. Wisconsin for the second time, obviously Maryland winning in uh, Madison. And then uh, Purdue over the weekend. Uh, just thoughts on the rematch with uh, – Wisconsin and then also uh, Purdue, since we saw them. Well,
1: earlier. I mean, Purdue's been hit hard. Uh, they lo- they lost a really good player, Sasha St- Stefanovic, is out for 17 days for a COVID protocol. That hurts them. Um, they're a good team. They've got some. Uh, they got some size inside. They've also got so a couple of young freshmen. I really like. Uh, Wisconsin's been hovering around the top 10, top 12 all year long. They they're an anomaly in college basketball anymore because they've got four fifth-year seniors. Their point guard, uh, Trice, is, I think, 24, maybe 25 years old. He's been around forever. So, um, you know, you got to deal with that. And also, they're going to be hungry. I mean, obviously, we, we caught them at the right time, played really well against them in Madison. So they'll be looking to exact some revenge. I think this Terps team has to figure out how to win at home. Uh, they've bottled, bottled it a little bit on the road have not had any success at home, um, and so you got to figure that out and got to get better because you do have a bunch of home games coming up. Got to take advantage of those. So I th-
0: I thought uh, against Wisconsin, uh, particularly the last ten minutes of the second half of that game, Maryland just figured out that the Wisconsin defenders
1: could not stay in front
0: of them, right? Uh, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. Sometimes it's as simple as that, right? It's, it's the matchups are, are in your favor. And uh, and I I totally agree with you. Also, I think that uh, they limited Trice had a really nice game in in that game, but also they did a good job limiting the bigs. Uh, you know, they've got a couple a couple quality bigs that have given the Terps trouble and the pick and pop over the last few years, and um, Terps were able to solve that a little bit in Madison. Also caught him coming off of a huge win down at Michigan State. And Michigan State at the time was ranked and and rolling pretty good. So, um, again, every game is is brutal in this league. This is such a tough league. I remember as we left Madison, I texted one of the assistant coaches, and I think at that point in time it put the Terps at uh, one and two in the league with that win in Madison. I texted one of the assistant coaches and I said, Hey, great win. Keep it going. And his response was a very sarcastic. Yeah. Only 17 more to go, you know, so it gives you an idea. I mean, it's a, uh, it's a hell of a, 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 of, of a walk through this league. It's uh, there are no easy games and um, it's fun. It's made it a lot of fun.
0: A league that all the pundits right now have getting nine, potentially 10 bids. And uh, there's lots of opportunities for Maryland to continue to uh, improve the resume big week here, but appreciate uh, the insight. As always, Chris, enjoy these games this, this week. And uh, if you and Johnny and Walt can uh, have a drink or two in the booth,
1: enjoy, <laughs> enjoy that. But, uh, Not going to happen, but thanks for the thought. I appreciate that. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Chris. Take care, man.